0: Welcome to the Financial Purpose Podcast. All opinions expressed by me or guests of the podcast are solely our own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Life Moves Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any financial or investment decisions. Clients of Life Moves Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Hello, I'm your host, Dale Schaefer, and here's another great episode starting now. Let's go. and welcome to the financial purpose podcast this is episode 25 and today we're going to be talking about how to stay broke now i was thinking about this topic in particular for a lot of different reasons and i thought i would do a google search just to see if it was a topic that you know anybody else was was talking about or writing about and turns out the term how to stay broke has 694 million Google search results. So it's clearly something that a lot of people are talking about and thinking about and some of the statistics I'm going to share in this episode definitely validate the fact that it's a common concern for uh, for a lot of people. So um, basically when we're talking about broke, that term, the definition is basically very simple, having run out of money. That's how the term broke is defined. However, I would like to offer a revised definition as a framework, which is basically uh, it would mean having limited access to financial resources. I like to think of broke based on just my own background and personal experiences and things like that in the past. Broke is really more of like a mindset or an education gap. Uh, It's having proximity to the way that people think about money that may not be as productive or as uh, much of a growth mindset. It can be the cause of behavioral, uh, especially behavior with money, uh, issues with that. It can also be just generational beliefs, and it can just be the way that you're raised. What you hear about money and how you hear people talk about money certainly form your money story and uh, how you interact with money and a lot of times that can be either a fixed mindset which tends more toward limited uh, economics or it can be a growth mindset which helps you understand that there's a lot of possibility and, and money is is infinite and it can be created and you can you can trade value for wealth rather than time for wealth and so i i think i think thinking of broke that way Uh, versus not broke is really just access to resources so let's work with that now i was able to pull up a cnbc your money financial confidence survey that is uh, rather current i will put the link to this in the show notes and that survey found that about 58 percent of americans live paycheck to paycheck so think about that that's more than half of americans Who live paycheck to paycheck Uh, and and paycheck to paycheck really as a function can be as much as I get paid on this day and by the time the next one comes I'm completely out of money so I run through all of my resources Um, maybe my expenses are too high maybe I'm not good at at saving money maybe I spend everything I get or I, I, I just am NOT simply earning enough right it can be any of those things and uh, it's interesting because we think 58% seems like a large number, but what the survey found is that roughly 57% of people who are earning more than 100000 per year, which is not broke as a number, 100000 is a decent amount of money to work with, even with our recent inflation, that's still a good amount of resources for a lot of people. but. 57% of people earning above 100000 are stressed about personal finances. And of the survey respondents, 53% of them don't even have an emergency fund. So I would call that extreme limited access to financial resources if there's no emergency fund. Now, what's interesting is it was a common statistic prior to the pandemic that roughly 45, 46% of Americans, somewhere in there, um, could not handle an emergency or a unexpected expense of just four hundred dollars. Think about what four hundred dollars coming right out of your cash flow would mean. Is that a scary number? Could you accommodate a four hundred dollar emergency? Or, uh, or are you the kind of person who has the resources? And so, four hundred dollars isn't fun, but it's not going to make or break your ability to pay uh, the mortgage or the rents and make sure that there's food on the table and the lights, you know, come on when you flick the switch. There's another survey by Bankrate. And they found that, uh, same thing, roughly 47% of U.S. adults earning 100000 or more are living paycheck to paycheck. So they just kind of got uh, a little bit more granular in their number. And, uh, and they also found that roughly, and here's a scary one, that once all of that, you know, the paycheck to paycheck is fine, but roughly 64% of Americans retire with less than $10,000 in savings period. That's IRA, 401k, bank cash, investments, less than $10,000 saved. And for most people in this country who own a home, that's the primary source of their net worth. So a lot of people pulling money out of the home is not an option because that would mean that you either have to sell it or you're going to have to tap the equity, which largely means that you're going to have have another second mortgage to pay. And for a lot of people, the second mortgage is a very expensive proposition, especially if you only have $10,000 saved for retirement. You may not qualify for a reverse mortgage, which the next episode of the Financial Purpose Podcast, we're going to talk about reverse mortgages in particular. If you can't qualify or don't qualify for a reverse mortgage, and your only other option is to sell your house. But then what do you do? Because you're most likely in a mortgage that is at a low interest rate, which means that it's better for your cash flow, which means that selling your house and either going to rent is going to cost more or trying to buy another house is going to cost more. So some people, especially if they're retiring now and they're in this situation, they're going to be a little bit trapped, even if they own a home. So I want to talk about some of the ways that you can continue to just stay broke um, and then offer along the way uh, some counter for how you can get out of that particular method of staying broke so the very first one that i want to go is um, number one way to stay broke is ignoring or never reaching the necessary free cash flow that's required to build savings And make investments and so if you want to stay broke make sure that you're only earning enough to cover your expenses and nothing else or on the flip side make sure that you spend all the way up to what you earn and nothing more now by doing that what happens is you're not managing how your money is spent which means that it's it it can manifest itself by things like never shopping for uh, insurance costs to make sure that you're paying only what you need to pay and not more. Now that does not mean cutting your coverage because it's far more risky to cut your coverage and roll the dice than it is to have the appropriate amount of coverage that you need, but at the appropriate premium cost. Because some insurers for no good reason uh, or for their law of large numbers or however Uh, pulling their, their premium costs may just be more expensive. Now, sometimes things like your credit report and your claims history are going to have a quite a bit of sway in what your premiums are, but you should still shop this and you should shop it about every three years or so to make sure that you're paying the appropriate amount. Um, another thing where a lot of people, especially people, um, who end up with high medical debt, it's, it's a, approximate roughly 80 or so percent and I'm always cautious with exact round numbers so when it says 80% I'm like uh, is it 80% or is it 83 or is it 74 or is it 76 but we're rounding so anyway uh, for what it is roughly 80% of medical bills have errors or are miscoded And when something is miscoded or has an error and you don't look at the bill and you don't call back and you don't make sure that that gets adjusted. You could end up overpaying your portion of your health insurance bill uh, for basic things like, you know, just run of the mill doctor visits all the way up to emergency care or urgent care, things like that. There's a lot of people who end up on the uh, in certain economic um, situations or even in just what they know. um, they go to the emergency room in place of going to an urgent care center or going to a primary care physician. And that actually ends up being a way more expensive visit than it does if you just go down to urgent care or something like that. So not keeping track of how your money is spent and managing that appropriately is is a great way to stay broke and to never get the cash flow, the free cash flow that you need to build savings and and investing. There's also a part of that uh, another way to do that is t- is to try to look like money and uh and that 's where you're going to uh try to chase someone else's success, which i've talked about in prior episodes on this podcast and uh and that 's very dangerous that is financially damaging for a lot of people because the one thing that you don't know about the person whose success you're trying to chase is you don't know how they're financing or paying for that success. You don't know exactly what their financial situation is. Now, they may tell you, but the more open that people are about their money situation, I've found that there's some inaccuracies in exactly what's going on. And you have to keep in mind that You're often trying to keep up with somebody who's often trying to keep up with somebody who's trying to keep up with somebody, so you're just in the string, and it's going to be detrimental to your financial health. So things like the type of clothes and the labels, roughly, if you go through your closet, we really only wear about maybe a quarter of the clothes that we own. Now, I heard this statistic last week and I was like, whatever, I wear everything. But I was in my closet this weekend and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to bet that is factually true because there are polo shirts and t-shirts and things like that in there that I know I haven't worn in months. So one of the ways that you can actually test this for yourself is to do the reverse coat hanger trick which you've never heard of it or if you've never heard of it all you do is just go into your closet and turn everything the opposite direction on the hanger so just flip the hanger around and if you uh, as you wear the clothing item uh, just flip the hanger back to its original position whichever way you like to hang your clothes and that's how you'll know what you've worn and most importantly what you haven't worn and if you get a month or two down the road and there's items that you haven't worn, maybe consider if you need to still keep those in your closet or if they need to be donated um, because often... Now, once you donate them, that's not necessarily a good excuse to then go out and buy more clothes to replace to then hang up and then not get worn because you're just going to keep cycling that that uh, through. So maybe try that, But but that look of money in clothing especially can be can be something that we chase and then really becomes an inefficient use of money because it just sits there and collects dust in your closet. Another way is uh, by the cars we drive or the house that we need to live in or the landscaping of our um, front yards and bushes and things like that. For cars especially, this one's becoming very, very tricky because we recently, as an average crossed a very high number so the average car payment in this country is now more than seven hundred dollars per month the average car loan length is now 72 months as a start and we're actually now seeing um lending companies extend car loans to 96 months now that's almost 10 years right so that's nine years almost 10 more than eight, more than five, right? Remember when car payments, you, you bought a car and, and you, you paid it off in either four or maybe five years. And so now we're all the way up to nine years because the costs of the cars are getting so high that it's the only way anybody can afford to drive a car. And so if you need to, to have a certain look or to drive a certain thing because of maybe your career path or because of what the other neighbors are driving, or because of the pressure from uh, your friends, which by the way, they're probably not putting that pressure on you, you're putting that on yourself, again, keeping up with somebody else. And so the look of money is a great way uh, to never have the free cash flow that you need to build savings or invest. Another way is to continue to repeat money mistakes or to continue to live above your means. And sometimes that means that you're adding to credit card balances for things you don't need Um, or you're doing that. And a lot of times with credit cards, and this is something that I've done in the past too, is I might charge things to credit card and go, I'm not worried about it. I'll pay it off next week or next month or within the next six months or something like that. And that is a very dangerous game to play because depending on what else is happening in your financial situation, that may be very difficult for you to catch up because remember, compound interest works two ways. One for your benefit when you're investing and the second against you in the form of debt and credit card debt especially compounds very, very quickly away from you. Um, Another way is that you continue to pay high interest like on a credit card or you pay unnecessary fees because you're just not checking on what you're paying uh, or you are in a bank that charges fees for things that um, that you just don't need to be charged for. And, it, and it's usually ridiculous stuff like minimum balances or ATM visits or checks or, you know, if you don't have enough debits in a month or something like that. So it's very, very important that any service that you're receiving whether it's your bank or your landscaper or your pool company or a cleaner or a doctor or a mechanic right whatever it is make sure that you understand what you're paying and more importantly what you're being charged for and why to be sure it's appropriate along these lines number two this is the second way uh, to stay broke so the first way again was to never have the free cash flow The second way is to never track your income and expenses, Um, and most importantly, never plan for how you're going to use income and how you're going to manage expenses. A lot of people uh, may not track this. I know I learned to track this by hand balancing a check register back in the day, a checkbook. uh, Somewhere around 2003 or so, I started using Quicken and uh, still for better or for worse, use Quicken uh, for my own personal banking, but I track everything. I track all of our expenses by category, by month, so that way I know if there's a hole in the bucket um, where where it can be plugged. If we're overspending in one area, it's a nice little rumble strip where we can check it. Um, if we are um, having... You know, income that's that's being received certain ways. Maybe there's a a better way to defer that. Maybe I need to add to savings. Things like that. I track all of that because I want to know, and I want to know because if I'm not tracking it, then I don't know what our free cash flow is. And when I don't know what our free cash flow is, the only thing that happens is I spend money until I see that there's no more money to spend, and um, and that may not necessarily be frivolous spending, but it may just be, oh, we need this. Let's go now and get this instead of, hey, we need this thing. Let's plan this expense and make sure that it fits into the cash flow at this period of time. Or let's choose which account this expense needs to come out of because we've been saving for this particular purpose. So now it's time to use that money. You have to plan this. You have to track it because if you don't, it's a great way to stay broke. Number three, Is to never understand your tax, your income tax to the federal and state level, uh, even to the local level. And most importantly, never ever adjust your payroll withholding because you happen to like uh, or the way that you have mental accounting done, you need to get a big tax refund every year. that's a great way to stay broke. So if you're the kind of person who uh, is attracted to a high tax refund, what you need to understand is that throughout the year, you are effectively giving the US government a interest-free loan on money that they get to use throughout the year, and then they'll decide when they're going to pay you back, which typically isn't going to be until tax time, And then you're at the mercy of the IRS to agree that they owe you a refund and then to send it to you. What's far better to do is if you get to a year, like say for example, just recently, if over the past two months you received a large tax refund and by large, my definition of large is really anything more than about, let's say a couple hundred dollars of a refund because what that means is that you really should adjust something in your tax profile or have somebody look at it to know if you need to adjust something in your tax profile because if you're over withholding and that causes you to get a large refund then you ought to adjust your withholding strategy so you're actually withholding less which means more money goes into your paycheck every pay period. Rather than to the government where they set it aside in in a no interest bearing account that they use, again, to generate whatever they're generating and spend whatever they're spending. And then you you get a portion of that back. So if you want to stay broke, never get to understand your taxes, never do the research, never find somebody who can explain it to you. And most importantly, never adjust your withholding for taxes. Number four. Never have a plan. Just wing it. Hope for a raise. Hope for a windfall. Hope for the lottery. Hope for an inheritance. And uh, just see what happens. Do your best, you know? And uh, if the Lord wants you to have it or if karma wants you to have it, it'll come. That's a great way to stay broke uh, because you need to know what to do so you know what to do. And part of that is knowing what you've already done. And whether or not it's getting you the results that you want. Because if you're doing something that's not getting you the results you want, maybe consider doing something different. Because that's uh, Einstein's definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And so when you make a plan, you're going to be able to avoid things like hoping for a change and just kind of winging it and seeing what happens. You can actually set out over a period of time. Maybe you, you start planning your year like I do. I start planning my upcoming year in October. So that way on January 1st I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm not waiting until January 3rd or 4th or 5th to plan my year that I really don't get started until March anyway. And by then I've lost an entire quarter. So that's why I do it in October. So that way I have all the plan, all the time, everything set. January 1st I'm executing and in fact I are usually am executing it in December to set up the next year, because by the time you get into January, people are foggy and things. It just takes time for other people to, to kind of get up and running. And that's the perfect time to strike because it means that you're out there when there's not a lot of competition and you're making moves and you're reaching out to people and you're doing the things that you need to do to change your situation. So have a plan and that's a plan for action, but have a financial plan. Have an idea of exactly what needs to happen over the period of the next year. And if you know what needs to happen, then you can reverse engineer to what steps you need to take to make sure that it happens. So a great example is if you're saying, I want to have X number of dollars saved by the end of the year. Let's just do easy math and let's say I want to add $10,000 to my savings. Or I want to add five thousand dollars to my savings, and uh, and whatever it is, right? So if it's five thousand dollars that you want to save by the end of the year, then you know that you need to work backwards and figure out how you can save four hundred and seventeen dollars per month. It's actually I rounded up to four seventeen, but you would need to do that, right? If you wanted to save uh, $10,000, then it's a little more than that. It's, uh, it's roughly $833 or $834 per month that you would need to save, but you wouldn't know that. And then you would know how realistic it is because otherwise, if you just say, man, I hope by this time next year, I have at least $10,000 in the bank, but you don't set out for how to do it. It's probably not going to happen. So if you want to stay broke, never plan it, keep winging it and hope for the best. Okay, we're up to number five. If you wanna stay broke, never look at your credit report or try to understand what goes into creating your credit score. Now, this is important because things like medical bills, again, I said earlier that a large number, roughly 80% or so of medical bills report errors or credit bureaus, all three of them, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian, they all make mistakes because there are human beings behind the computers. And so it may not be your collection account. It may be somebody else's collection account that gets put onto yours. Or it could be that you were victim of a fraud and somebody stole your information and used it to purchase things on a credit card or to let something go to collections or maybe you received a tax lien that got paid off a hundred years ago not really but anyway 10 years ago five years ago whatever and it's still showing in your credit report is open you need to look at your credit report at least at least once per year and you can actually access your credit report from all three bureaus for free directly from them once per year now there's a lot of sites where you can do this where you pay for that access you don't need to do that unless you want the ongoing credit monitoring you can go to TransUnion once a year and get your a copy of your credit report for free you can do the same thing at Experian and the same thing at Equifax now you can use any of the other services like free credit reports or even uh, credit karma Uh, a lot of banks now and your credit card companies are showing you your credit score from one of the, the bureaus. But they're typically showing you, especially the the banks and the credit card companies, they're just showing you the score. They're not showing you what's behind the score. So you want to take a look at it. Another thing you can do is their services like Credit Karma. Uh, this is a service that I've used. I've just I've had it forever. And I use it for credit monitoring. So if something hits my credit report, I get a notification. And then every month it's going to show me my credit score and I can see what's driving my credit score, what weights any of the loans that I have or credit cards or things like that are putting onto my credit score and I can monitor it. And this is very, very important because you may not necessarily care about your credit report or your credit score, but it impacts more than you think. It's definitely impacting your auto insurance. It has an impact on homeowner's insurance. It's going to have an impact on your ability to get a mortgage or to refinance or to rent a new apartment or a house or whatever you're doing. It actually even impacts your job prospects because employers who do background checks can look at your credit report. And that's very important, especially if you're going to be in a position where you need to be trusted uh, at a storefront with money um, or you know client care or invoicing or something like that. Uh, in my profession, it's absolutely huge, um, a large part of the background check, especially when I went through and completed the, uh, the coursework for the CFP designation. Uh, that was all part of it, background check. And even when I worked for bigger firms, that's a part of it as well, credit score, background check, all of that. It's all very, very important. And frankly, if you're a client of Life Moves Wealth and you're listening to this, you definitely want to know that your advisor doesn't have a bad credit history and uh you know can pay his bills on times and things like that because if somebody's bad with their money you better believe they're going to be bad with yours um those habits don't change just because you're you know there's no chinese firewall your mindset will impact your mindset uh with your money or with other people's money so anyway if you want to stay broke never ever take a look at your credit score never ever investigate what's driving it and never ever ever get your free credit reports at least once per year. Okay. And I'm going to come up to number six, which is the last one. If you want to stay broke, absolutely never learn about money. And that statement, never learning about money, uh, that's actually a large part of what drove me into my career as a financial advisor. Uh, I didn't grow up around money, I didn't grow up around people who had money, I didn't know very much about money. Uh, My very first professional job when I was 21 was in mortgage lending so I had to learn about money very quickly because I talked about money all the time and I had to learn how interest rates worked and how amortization schedules worked and all of that. And fortunately, I got to learn that at a, at a young enough age. Now, I would say, arguably, I was behind um, because really good people uh, who are good with money have somebody earlier in their life who helps them do things like learn how to save, learn how to allocate their resources, learn how to find ways to, to earn money or to exchange value for money, and then to make sure that the money that's received is being put to good use. And so for me, I got a late start, you know, I was in my late teens, uh, early twenties, and then, uh, went through some stuff personally that led me down a financial path that I didn't want to go down. Um, and it was just simply, uh, you know, through trying to, trying to learn how to, uh, save and spend myself going through a divorce and, um, you know, being in a position where I wasn't earning as much as I needed to to continue saving and things like that. So I learned a lot of the financial behaviors and habits and information because I was going through my own journey. And the more that I learned, the more that it made sense to me that there's an awful lot of people who never have access to good financial advice and they never have access to financial resources. Now, we are in probably the most democratized. Uh, as far as information is concerned, stage that we've ever been in in any point in history. But there are people who can Google information and they can see the results and they can read what's there, but they may not comprehend what it means or it may be a puzzle that they don't know how to piece together. And that's because of their proximity and their raising and what they learned about money early in life and what they heard about money early in life, and it's formed their money story. And it may be their proximity. It may be the, their earning potential. It may be who they hang out with, those kinds of things. A lot of people just need more help than a Google search. And so that's a large part of what led me down the road of becoming an advisor and most certainly what led me down the road of becoming a CFP professional And then ultimately launching Life Moves Wealth Management. So, if you want to stay broke, never. Never learn about money. Please don't, it's too complicated. uh, And it's just not something that you need to concern yourself with. So, that's all the ways to, uh, how to stay broke in six steps. Uh, Again, just to sew it up, those steps were first, um, never reaching the necessary cash flow that's needed to build savings and to invest. Uh, Number two, way to stay broke is to never track your income and expenses and never plan income and expenses. Number three, never adjust your payroll withholding because you need to get a large uh, tax refund or you don't understand your taxes, so you just don't mess with it and you'll see what happens when you go file fingers crossed right number four never make a plan always wing it always hope for a raise always hope for a windfall but certainly never make a plan number five never look at your credit report or your credit score never do that and then number six never learn about the principles of money if you do those six things you will stay broke and it's almost guaranteed If you follow the advice for each of those that I gave along the way, you have a chance of being able to break the mindset that might lead you to being broke. Now, the one thing that I want to underscore here is that you might listen to this podcast and go, this is just for poor people or for people who don't earn a lot of money. And I gave a statistic earlier Uh, In in the podcast that roughly 57% of people earning more than $100,000 per year are concerned about their finances. And roughly 47% of people earning more than $100,000 per year are living paycheck to paycheck. And in fact, when you actually do more of the statistic reading on this, you can even get to people who are earning more than $250,000 per year, which is not a lot of the percentage of the population. And there are people, a high number of people, in the 250000 per year plus bracket who are concerned about their own money and are also living paycheck to paycheck. And a lot of times, mo' money is mo' problems because it's mo' spending and it's mo' bad behavior. And so you have to manage lifestyle creep, you have to be on top of these things, and you have to... Not do the six things that I said in this podcast because we don't want you to end up and stay broke. So if you have questions about any of these tips or if you found yourself uh, kind of going down the road of any of these six, drop an email to info at lifemoveswealth.com. Tell me about it. I'd love to share stories with you. I'd love to give you uh, maybe some direction on ways that you might be able to help your situation. Uh, you can also leave a comment in the uh, in, in the podcast. Um, definitely leave a comment, and I'll be happy to engage you there. But if you found this episode helpful, or if you know somebody who is going down the road of staying broke, share the episode and, um, you know, help, help your fellow person get to where they need to be financially. So, That's it for this episode of the Financial Purpose Podcast. Until next time, take care. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Learn more about your financial purpose at lifemoveswealth.com.